The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And thank you for tuning in to the Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum, as always, talking New York Giants football. But today we have a special guest. Uh, you may recognize his name from his reoccurring content on Big Blue View, and that is Mark Schofield, uh, the host of the Sco Show of Pat's Pulpit. How are you doing today, Mark? I'm doing well, Joe. Chris, great to be with you guys. Excited to talk about this. I know we've got a lot to get to. Yeah, certainly a lot to get to is a, an understatement because, as you may know, folks, Daniel Jones is now going to be the starting quarterback for the New York Giants in week three. Now, we don't know if he's going to start every single game for the remainder of the season, but one thing we do know is that the rookie will be playing, the sixth overall pick will be starting in his first career game for the New York Giants. So, with a lot to cover, like you said, Let's go right into the first and obvious thing is that was this the right decision? What do you think, Mark? You know, it's a, it's a tough sort of question to answer in terms of was this the right decision? I think this was a decision that had to be made at some point during this season. We saw over the first two weeks for the New York Giants, the offense struggle at times, but I don't think that Eli Manning was necessarily the reason for their struggles. I think he certainly made some mistakes. I think the offense made some mistakes. I think at times he was put into some awkward situations by his coach, the two rollouts, for example, in week one against Dallas. That might not be Eli Manning's game right now at this point in his career, especially against an athletic second level like the Dallas Cowboys have with both Smith and Van Der Esch. Then on both of those plays, Van Der Esch was able to sort of impact that off of the edge chasing him down, forcing a ground in as well as a strip sack fumble. But at the same time, when you look at A, the investment in Daniel Jones with the sixth overall pick, I think there was it was a given that he was going to play at some point in this season. And B, when you look at the schedule for the Giants, I initially thought, look, that game against Arizona late Oct- late October, you know, coming off the mini buy after the short week against New England might have been the time to make this change. But given the struggles we have seen from this offense as a whole, given the fact that their expectations are in place for Daniel Jones, and let's face it, you know, he sort of made this decision a little bit easier with how he played in the preseason. The timing was probably right. You know, when Pat Schumer came off the field last Sunday, he probably thought, look, you know, this offense is struggling. He obviously opened the door to this switch. 
in some of his post game comments, some of his comments, you know, after that contest, after that loss, and you put it all together, the way Jones played, the pressure that's probably coming from him being the sixth overall pick, the struggles for the offense, and some of what we've seen from Eli Manning. It probably was the time to make this move. Yeah, there were a lot of factors that were, were really contributing to this. Chris, what are your thoughts on the situation? I that, I agree. I, I think this was – I don't think there's ever a good time to move on from a quarterback like Eli Manning, somebody who's been with the franchise for 16 years now, has won those Super Bowls, and is really just beloved throughout the organization. But this probably was the time to rip off the Band-Aid and make the change. Like Mark said, the whole team really was struggling. They didn't just lose. They didn't look competitive in either of those games. And it wasn't all on Eli. He actually did some nice things in both games. I thought him throwing down the field more in the second game was a a step in the right direction, both for him and for the offense. But at the end of the day, Jones is the future. And the Giants need to get as much of a look at him as they can. I agree with both of you on that point, and I think it's obviously worth noting what you both did is that Eli Manning didn't really do anything, I think, to make a clear indication that he doesn't deserve to be starting or he's not capable of being a starting quarterback in this league. Um, He hasn't really seen a huge, crazy drop-off from his play over the last few years, but the, the big key important thing here is that this team overall, specifically defensively, has been struggling, so how long do you really want to keep waiting for issues on the field defensively, more and more losses to pile up until you put out Daniel Jones. So it might sound early, but it's better to get there, get him out there as soon as possible, get him that experience, get him those chances to learn and make mistakes and get better from them. So the one thing now that we're, you know, we've discussed how this decision might have gone and, and if it was really the right one, what can we expect from him? We only saw limited action in the preseason. Mark, what do you think his performance is going to be like over the next uh, 14 games? Well, I think you're going to see some things that Daniel Jones brings to the table that might fit A, with where Schumer wants this offense to be, and B, might sort of allow them to be, I don't want to say fully competitive, but to sort of you know, allow them to run an offense that both Schumer wants and that fits with the personnel that's going to be on the field with them. You know, obviously, look, you're going to have an upgrade in athleticism. And that is key, not just for this offense, but in particular for Saquon Barkley. A lot of Barkley's runs, you know, over the past couple of weeks, Went to last season. Obviously, his time at Penn State were off, built off of that zone read structure where a key component to that is the ability, or at least the threat, the perceived or real threat of the quarterback to keep the football and to make him, you know, threaten those defensive ends and to consider, to put it in their minds that they need to stay home. When Eli Manning puts the ball in the belly of Saquon Barkley, nobody's worried about him keeping it. If he does, great. Like, you want Eli Manning running the football if you're a defense. That's better than Saquon Barkley, apparently. Now, though, if it's Daniel Jones, if it's number eight out there, there's a real threat there with, with, with what he can do to, with his leg. So that's a part of it. These rollouts that Schumer seems to want to be a part of the offense, obviously that's something that Jones was able to do back in his time at Duke and certainly a couple of times in the preseason. He got a chance to run those designs and ran them well. The quick passing game, while it's not a weakness in Eli Manning's arsenal, it's one of Jones' strengths as a quarterback. The process and speed on sort of quick game concepts is there. It's one of the things I liked about him when he was coming out. 
And you put that together with what he showed in the downfield passing game during the preseason, you know, the post route to Golden, the, the deep ball to Slayton against Cincinnati. Those two throws obviously come to mind. The touchdown on his first drive, you know, on against the Jets when he sort of drilled in that corner route. You put all of that together and you can make a case where, okay, you know, maybe he's not quite ready. But he can do enough here, and he fits with what we're doing offensively. He fits with the talent we're going to have around the quarterback, and he fits with where we want this offense to be. And so there will certainly be bumps, and there were certainly some reasons maybe you don't want to make the switch right now. But if you're making together that little list of pros and cons to make the switch to Daniel Jones now, there are some pros in favor of making that decision, and I just listed a couple of them. Chris, what are your thoughts on expectations for his performance? Mark, you put in a perspective there – in general, how, you know, like it, it does add a lot to the offense and a lot to the play calling. Chris, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? I'm going into this basically without expectations. When we saw him in the preseason for, it was the preseason defenses were mixed. They had backups in, they were trying not to show too much. The giants weren't trying to show too much on offense, but they also didn't have their three best players out there. And I don't want to really hang too much on Jones and, expect that he will come out and play lights out like a fully developed franchise quarterback. But I also don't want to come out and assume he is just basically going to be like a rookie and have an outing like Kyle Loletta had when he got onto the field last year at the end of that uh, Washington game. I am a little bit concerned about the Giants wide receiving core and just whether or not they will be able to be there for him. This year, we've gotten a great object lesson, I think, in how much a wide receiver matters for a quarterback, especially a young quarterback. Just comparing Dak Prescott a year ago to Dak Prescott with you know, uh, Gallup with another year, and especially Randall Cobb and Amari Cooper, but also Lamar Jackson with Baltimore's upgraded wide receiving core. Those guys look like completely different quarterbacks than they did a year ago. I'm not sure if the Giants receiving core is there to create the separation, create those open passing windows to really give Jones a chance. Personally, I'm expecting, especially at the beginning of the of this journey before the bye week, to see a lot of Saquon Barkley running the ball. Yeah, hopefully they are more willing to run the ball. But I, I think in general, as far as his performance goes, I, I think that we shouldn't be getting our hopes up too much just because he's a rookie quarterback that's never played an NFL game. Now, that doesn't mean I don't think he's capable of doing great things. I'm honestly hoping for the best, and I, I honestly think that he can go out there and be a top-level rookie performer. But it's going to be a gradual process. He's going to need, need to learn. He's going to need to continually develop with each game with each drive, with each snap, and take it one step at a time. You you mentioned the fact that he doesn't really have a lot of receiving options around him, so even if he makes the right decisions and he, he makes the right reads, are those guys making those catches? Are they getting open? Are they putting in a, him in a position to succeed? So, like I said, though, just a, a overall going to be a process of him developing and him getting better. In general, though, I just don't think that there should be a, a huge emphasis put on expecting him to be lights out right away. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that, Joe. I mean, I think as Giants fans sort of think about the start of the Daniel Jones era, you're not going to be so concerned with production, with results. I think you want to see gradual week-to-week, sometimes even drive-to-drive improvement. 
because it's going to be a process. And when we've seen young quarterbacks start early in their careers recently, whether it's a, a Mitchell Trubisky or Jared Goff or Carson Wentz or Dak Prescott, they're all different, unique circumstances. The one that probably had the most success early on as a rookie was Dak Prescott. And look what he had around him. He had an incredibly talented offensive line and the addition of Ezekiel Elliott as well. Now, Jones has part of that, but the offensive line is still a, a work in progress, although it is getting better. And he doesn't have the receiving core that Dak had when Dak sort of took over. And so I think there needs to be measured expectations, not so much concerned with the bottom line, the production, the numbers, but is he getting better? Is he getting faster with his reads and decisions? Is he taking care of the football or are they making mis- – is he making mental mistakes? Is he missing reads? Is he missing throws? Is he putting them behind the sticks? And so they have to throw out the game plan you know, because there's in second and long and third and long situations all the time. So I think if you could see him sort of gradually improve from week to week, that should be the focus and the hope for what he does in the coming weeks. Not so he's going to come out and light the world on fire. If he does, fantastic. Look, a lot of people were betting against him, myself in that group, when he came out and was drafted six overall. I'd love to be here a couple weeks from now and saying – Man, he's lit the world on fire. But I do think we sort of have to temper the expectations for, you know, coming in now, playing against starters, playing against, you know, not base cover two, cover four stuff. He's going to be seeing stuff he hasn't seen before. So it's time to sort of see growth and development, but measure the expectations. With those expectations, though, we do live in the real world. And there are just considerations, not just this year, but down the line. How much of a rookie season do you think Jones will be? really afforded before he's judged as a franchise quarterback. And I just say this because the Giants are more or less staring down the barrel of eventually having to pay Saquon Barkley a $100 million contract, just based on the contract Ezekiel Elliott just got. Alvin Kamara is going to be getting his extension soon. The, The running back numbers are going to be going up, especially for a player of Barkley's caliber. The Giants are going to have to make their decision about Jones and especially his fifth year option, which I believe even if the rules of the CBA change, he's going to be getting the average of a of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. So that will probably be somewhere between 25 and 30 million dollars for that fifth year. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fascinating thing to think about, Chris, because we know in the past couple of years, the emphasis on maximizing that rookie quarterback deal is huge to the point where you want to see guys like Jared Goff, you want to see guys like Mitchell Trubisky, you know, make that sort of leap in year two. What changes the calculus for the Giants is like you said, the Giants might be that first team in this sort of window with that rookie quarterback window where the big contract they actually have to really worry about is the running back. And you want to maximize Saquon Barkley's window. So there's going to be this belief and sort of this set of expectations that we have to get Jones up to speed as quickly as we can so we can maximize what's left of Barkley's rookie deal. And part of that calculus might have been the reason for the quick switch because say they did the Giants, what we often see with younger quarterbacks, they wait to like midseason, Halloween, maybe no November, make the switch, then you're just getting a handful of games for Jones. And then it's almost like he's getting a second rookie season as a starter, say he takes over next year. Now you're going to get almost, provided he goes the distance here, a full year of work, meaning he should really hit the ground running next year. And so I do think he gets a pass sort of this is his rookie year. And if he does go the distance here, then you can have that set of high expectations for that year two leap for him next year. So you can get what you can, what's left of Barkley's rookie deal and have Jones be ready to go for the start of next year. 
After taking a look at how things are going to be looking for the full 16 game season up until week 17, we're going to transition now to actually talking about how Daniel Jones might look in his first performance coming up. But before we get to that, we're going to take a very short commercial break. All right, now after discussing some of the outlook on his potential first season and those 14 games he could potentially start, the first thing that he needs to do is conquer his first ever game. So I think one thing that needs to be acknowledged, and we already touched upon this a tiny bit, is how do we think this is going to impact the overall game planning and play calling in his very first game? You know, we did sort of, Joe, touch on this a little bit. I think you're going to see... Similar play calling to how Schumer handled his first drive in that preseason opener. I loved the way they handled them. They threw a lot on first down. I know the sort of rough expectation when you start a rookie quarterback and you have a running back of Saquon Barkley's talent is you're going to rely on him. And I think you do to a certain extent, but I do think you want to throw on first down because let's face it. Todd Bowles, in the back of his mind, as he's getting together a game plan for this weekend, he's thinking, i got to stop Saquon Barkley. They're going to want to run the ball. You throw on first down. I think you're going to see, especially early, a lot of 12 personnel. I think you're going to want to get this Tampa Bay defense in base and throw out of 12 on early downs, on first down. Give them some quick designed, some easy determined throws. That's how they handled them in his first preseason action. And then you can get himself and get the offense into second and five, second and four situations when you keep the playbook open. Because if you're doing a lot of running on first down and the offense and the defense, excuse me, is expecting it, you might get a lot of second and nines, second and eights. And then you're in a little bit of a situation where you're behind the sticks a bit. So I think there's going to be an emphasis to stay big, get the defense to stay in base, throw on early downs. Keep yourself on schedule. If you're running some base curl flat, slant flat, some design throws on first down, they're easy, determined reads for him or simplified reads for him. And that's going to keep this offense on schedule because the more they can stay on schedule and get yourselves into second and fours and third and ones, or you're converting that second and four into a first down and then you do it again, that's going to keep the defense guessing. It's going to simplify the reads for him and it's going to allow the offense to sort of maximize what they can do with a new quarterback in the huddle. Chris, what are your thoughts on uh, overall uh, the play calling, how it could change? And you actually, if I'm correct, you did end up writing about this uh, recently. How do you think that the uh, the play calling might look differently for Daniel Jones? I think the basis of the Giants' offense isn't going to change. You know, they're built on those quick throws. Uh, they like to include both man beater and zone beater concepts in their schemes, and a lot of times they'll try to have both going at the same time. Just pick a side of the field, whichever one is going to work against that coverage, and throw there. I think, or at least I hope, we'll see more... Yeah, I think, or at least I hope, we'll see more play action with Jones just because of how much that simplifies the defense. You get them playing run, throw over their heads. I think I'd also really like to see the Giants put in a lot more RPO plays. That was something they really didn't use last year, which... To me, it's confusing because they're great plays and really tough for a defense to stop. And the Giants also ran them really well back in 2017 with Eli as the quarterback. And there's it's something that Jones is familiar with from college because those quick one-read throws and RPOs made up the bulk of Duke's passing attack. So I think, especially with a rookie quarterback, giving them things they're already familiar with is the 
best way to get them going and get them comfortable in the NFL soonest. I think also one other thing that's going to be very different in the play calling is, and Mark alluded to it, was and more of an emphasis on the running game, uh, getting in those those twelve personnel sets. Um, and, and just trying to run the ball down the throats of opposing defenses. We discussed this on our last show when we recapped the Bills game, and it's that teams are going to be more and more willing and needing to stack the box with seven or eight guys just to stop the run with Saquon Barkley because they're doing so well with it. So that only opens things up for Daniel Jones and makes things easier for him throwing the ball when he doesn't have to look against you know nickel or dime or maybe even uh, some scarier coverages that he might have to go against. Overall, I think that'll make things a lot more simple for him. But overall, though, in general, um, some opportunities for him to get into space, some rollouts, which they haven't really been able to do for Eli Manning, might also be in the works as well. Yeah, Joe, I think that's a very point because at this, you also want to sort of take advantage of Jones's athleticism as much as you can. Because I forget who it was who said it recently. It was either Dan Brugler or Daniel Jeremiah. They were talking about young quarterbacks, and it was in reference to Lamar Jackson and what we've seen from Lamar over the first two weeks of this season. You know, and whoever it was, whichever one, they made the point that for a young quarterback, your legs and your athleticism can be sort of that like neutralizer as a rookie. When you're younger and things are happening too fast for you to process with your mind, you can rely on your legs and your athletic ability to sort of create even if you're confused. And I think with Jones, this will be a good way to sort of use his athleticism, use him on some of those rollouts, get him outside of the pocket at times where he can sort of play in space, play a more natural game that he might be more comfortable playing while he's trying to figure out life as an NFL quarterback. So again, putting all that together, the zone read stuff as well, you can see a package of plays, a game plan week to week that they can run with Daniel Jones that will play to his strengths now, but also sort of help the guys around him, such as Saquon Barkley, Barkley and others. Now, in addition to that, as f- besides the look at how the play calling might be differently, the last thing that needs to be noted is how is he going to perform in this first game? What are our expectations for the performance of a rookie in his first ever start? Well, I think you know part of the thing to consider is, look, he's going up against Tampa Bay. Last year had a defense that, let's face it, struggled. I mean, last year... But they were a defense that turned almost every opposing passer into Patrick Mahomes with the numbers that opposing passers were putting up against him. You know, the past couple of weeks, they've been a little bit better, but still, look, they're giving up yardage. They're giving up points. You know, they gave up 31 to San Francisco at home. You know, Carolina's struggle with Cam Newton. He's banged up a bit, but still, you know, in a short week, Carolina put up points and was in position to win that game. So I think there's an opportunity here for Jones to come out and have a solid game, whether that translates into a win, whether that translates into big numbers, that remains to be seen. But this Tampa Bay defense, look, they gave up, you know, almost 300 yards week one, almost 300 yards week two. They've given up some decent passing yardage. So, yeah, I think there's potential for Jones to have a solid start, whether it translates into a win or not remains to be seen. Uh, Well, like I said back before the commercial break, I'm trying to avoid going in with any real concrete expectations. I'd like to see him play as close to the level he showed in the preseason as possible. You know, obviously things are going to be different. Todd Bowles is a creative and aggressive defensive coordinator. He's going to be throwing a, a lot at Jones. And even though the Bucks defense is not at the level of, say, the Bears or the Rams or the Browns or anyone like that, 
I do worry about their front seven and the Giants' offensive line with you know Kevin Zeitler being banged up, uh, Mike Remmers being Mike Remmers. So I do worry that the other moving parts around Jones you know, might make him struggle a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's you've got you know twenty two guys on the field; they're all going to be interacting with each other. But I'm hoping he at least plays well and makes the Giants look right for making the move they made. Yeah, ultimately, you can't really get ahead of yourself because we haven't seen him play against any real NFL defenses. So any expectation um, wouldn't be entirely realistic. But I think if if they keep things very simple, like we've talked about, they don't try to overcomplicate things for him. If the run game's working well, he could have a very strong day. As far as evaluating a good performance from him, I would just say if he tries to um, you know, stay clean statistically by not throwing any interceptions or turning the ball over like he fumbled against the Dallas Cowboys, but also trying to avoid sacks. If he is also intelligent and, and, and smart about any making any pre-play reads and also making sure that offense moves efficiently. Um, in general, though, like I said, I think just if he comes out and he looks confident and he looks competent as well, that would be a good first start for him. That's going to be it from us, folks. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Make sure you rate and give us your input on the show wherever you're listening to us. And if you happen to stumble upon the show, you can find us pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast. But also be sure to follow Big Blue View on Twitter and Instagram at Big Blue View. And Instagram is at Big underscore Blue underscore View. Thank you for tuning in, folks. 